Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it! Welcome to Review Time's Theme Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss the ins and outs of attractions and theme parks from around the world. My name is Dominic Lacey and I will be your host today as we explore the park that practically started Review Time, Nagashima Spa Land, located in Nagoya, Japan. Joining me today is a man who is rumoured to have mysteriously disappeared during the early days of review time, only to be replaced with a clone after people noticed that his voice from early videos is nothing like his voice from later ones. It's maybe review time co-host Luke Carroll. Hey, it's not just that my voice is different from early to current review time. Some episodes is different from one episode to the next. You never know (laughs) what you're going to get and I don't know what it is. (laughs) You did the voiceover in, like, this was the first video on the channel. We had this idea where we were like, okay, I'll do the script and the editing. You do the voiceover and mm. then we'd swap every week, which was dumb. Don't know why we thought that was a good idea. It wasn't. Well, we quickly <laughs> figured out that we write in the way we speak. Yeah. So, sometimes when I read your scripts, I'm like, this just doesn't work. And then when you say it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And <laughs> I assume it's the same vice yeah. versa. But when you read, like, the first script for this, the way you said everything was, like, every sentence was super enthusiastic. Yep. It was like, welcome to Nagoya, Japan. Nagashima Spa Land I think it was is an like, attraction Nagashima on the Spa Land in Nagoya, Japan is home to a lot of roller coasters. They yeah. include... <laughs> Which I don't know it was why. <laughs> it's not as if that was the first time in my life I've ever done voiceover. I've grown up doing voiceover. I don't know why I thought it was exciting. It was also somehow like a nine minute video when our future reviews would be like 16, which I feel is probably a lot down to me talking at twice the speed I required to to get through it really quick. We still have the problem with talking way too quickly, but I feel like that's just an Australian thing. Yeah. Australians just talk really fast. Like yep. I listen to, though, in saying that, we have had people who are like, you, you guys talk too, too slow. slow. <laughs> like we had a video and it just said 1.75 and then had the rolling eyes emoji. And we were trying to figure out, we're like, what does this mean? Mm. <laughs> and then we realized that he must have been saying that we're talking too slow. But you know where you don't talk slow, Luke? You don't talk slow at Nagashima Spa Land. Oh, the that's topic of true. today's video. Nagashima Spa Land, Japan. Which. <laughs> what? Which, nice segue. Uh, that, if there's something we're good at, it's the kings of segue. Mm. Tracy Grimshaw, mm. our current affair, has got nothing. <laughs> But we got a whole lot of really geolocated our audience there. I think our accents already did. Uh, But this episode idea, we got to give a shout out uh, to Chris from Philadelphia who sent us an email saying he'd like to hear more about some of the more niche Japanese theme parks that we've been to. Uh, So this is pretty much the only one. We've also the only Japanese parks we've been to are the Disney ones, the Universal one, and this one. We had at one point planned to go to Fuji Q Highland and it kind of just ended up in the too hard basket as yeah. well as not wanting to do another park when we can do some of the cultural stuff in Japan, like the arcades. That's what we did oh, instead. Yeah. 100%. Like when we go to Japan, I guess, like, I don't know whether this is considered a, der- a, a derogatory term, but I would consider us... To be a bit of weeaboos in which we go over there and it's like, oh, all of that cultural stuff, get that out of here. I want to do the the arcades, the theme parks, go and see some of the weirder stuff in Tokyo. Which we did. Look, I've tried to get out of it, but... When you only have a finite yeah. amount of time in some of these countries, like, I don't have a month to travel around Japan and I do wish everything. We did. Yeah, but we don't. Which it's the second yeah, time. It's just a time constraint yeah. for me. When I went back the year after we went with um, my girlfriend, we did like two days of cultural stuff in Japan. So that hey, that's a big that's a big tick compared to that's what, a, when that's we a went. Jump. We went to maybe uh, it's a, a soccer castle that was quite nice. True. Uh, we did some other stuff in. 
We went to like a lantern festival in Tokyo with some fireworks. Mm. It was a, but with, the difference was we had 14 days when me and my partner went. When me and you yeah. went, we had 10 days in Japan, four of which were at the Tokyo Disney Resort, one of which was at Universal Studios, and one of which was at Nagashima Spa Land. One takeout as well for travel back and forth. We essentially had one day in Japan. We also in- did that silly thing where we flew into Tokyo, then immediately traveled down <laughs> to Osaka. Then we left from Tokyo at the end of our trip. So realistically, what we should have done is we should have flown into Osaka because we arrived in Tokyo in the mm-hmm. morning and then spent all day traveling. Yeah. We should have just arrived into Osaka, nice, then gone to... But uh, <laughs> you don't need it to. It just added more time. And yeah. in saying that Fuji Q went into the too hard basket, Nagashima Spyland was very close to going into the yeah. too hard basket for us. So for those who don't know... Nagoya isn't really one of like it's a big city in terms of the scale of most cities especially in terms of the scale of Mm. places like Australia where a big city is determined by having a story that's a a building that's above five stories (laughs) whereas like Nagoya in terms of Japan isn't a huge city so when you go here if you're going there specifically just for Nagashima Spa Land it's a little bit out of the way and it's not really near anything. It's like right near the bay of Nagoya, which no, I no. didn't so know remember, they had a not, bay. It's not in Nagoya. Nagoya is just where you have to get the bus. So Nagoya itself uh, is quite a big city. So we ended up going yeah. from Osaka to Nagoya on the bullet train. But then mm. you have to go from Nagoya to Nagash- uh, Nagashima on a bus. And getting the bullet train was quite easy. But getting mm. the bus was difficult as a, a purely yeah. English speaking uh, person. Nagoya was that part was probably the biggest language barrier I felt in the entire trip. Remember, we went to get our tickets and we kind of struggled to say between the two of us. I don't think anyone at the ticket counter spoke English. Uh, we in the same way didn't speak any Japanese. Then we eventually got through and it was required they didn't take card payments so we had to go find an ATM. We eventually got on a bus which then was about 45 minutes to an hour from Nagashima Spa Land. The whole time us going, are we going the right way? (laughs) Like, and We saw the park maybe 10 minutes before we pulled up on the bus. So for that like first 40 odd minutes it was a lot of where are we going? We hope it's to the right place. <laughs> we like ended up in farmland. Yeah. And that's what I, I've seen drone footage of Nagashima Spa Land from above. And it's like completely surrounded by water. I don't know about you, Luke. I don't remember water being around Nagashima Spa Land. No. Yeah. Was that just me? It's on the bay. <laughs> like it's li- literally on a body of water. Like one yeah, side of the park, I- there's a road. And then water. But yeah, I don't really... I think it was probably the thing where we were being classic theme park guys. And we went on the big, ginormous Ferris wheel. But we're probably too busy looking at the park itself to turn around and look at the expanse of water behind us. Exactly. It was so bizarre. I was just like, ah... Considering we drove through farmland for like 40 minutes, I just thought Nagashima Spa Land was in the middle of farms. (laughs) <laughs> like a sort of backyard theme park in the US. But it was quite difficult to get here. And I would say for those planning on going, definitely do your research and make sure that you're going to the right areas. Yeah. The other reason as well that I think you may not really see the, um, I guess, the bay, the ocean, the river, it's a big expanse of water <laughs> is because a lot of the attractions are quite inland. Like, the bigger ones are are especially inland, whereas, like, the hotels and all of that sit around the actual bay. So, you can be in this theme park and not really know that you're completely (laughs) surrounded by water. It's it's quite interesting. And it's kind of out on... What? It's almost out on, like, a spit, I would say. So, water wraps around this resort on two of the three sides, Mm. but... It's a weird little spit where there's, like, bridges that connect. I think, like, 
Legoland Japan is like just across one of the bridges not too far away and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like down the road. Yeah. I think like 10 minutes away, but it's like on the road that gets you yeah, to Nagashima Spa Land. As well as we should point out that it is like a fully fledged resort. It's almost, it, it's got a full water park. It's got a yeah. full theme park, a couple of hotels and different onsen, sort of- Like a spa, really Japanese spa. themed no, hotels. It, it's, we called it in our review and I stick with it, Six Flags Japan, but- with the benefits, yeah. like Six Flags kind of has a negative name, but think of the rides from Six Flags, but with, you know, the benefits of Japan with, you know, the great service, the great staff, that sort of stuff. The yeah. generally great operations, though, we'll talk about some that maybe didn't have great operations uh, when we get mm. into it. But this was a great day. I had a lot of fun. I can't. Like, it's very different to everything else we did in Japan in that it is just lots of big rides, great, like, roller coasters, thrill rides, not so much theming. There's pretty much no dark Hmm. rides, but still a great day out if you're willing to make the stop. It's a full day experience. We were there when the park was absolutely dead. Longest wait we had was 30 minutes for Steel Dragon 2000. But other than that, everything was literally a walk-on. We and a lot of stuff was closed. Yeah. And we still, <laughs> it was an entire day. Like, we left yep. our hotel in Osaka at like 7 a.m. We got to our hotel in Tokyo at like 8 p.m. Like, you're going to need a full day easily. It's dense as well. Like, various parts of this park is just like ride, tiny little path, ride tiny little path ride like it's just imagine a grid like you know on roller coaster tycoon how you sort of just make a couple of grids and then squeeze as many attractions in as possible it's basically like that and this park has a lot of really unique attractions as well some that you even as you're coming through to the car park to get ready to actually going to the park itself some that you go i have never seen that before yeah and some of kind of a lot of rides that are older, but these are some of the few remaining versions in the world, which unfortunately mm. two of the big reasons we traveled here for the uniqueness were both closed the day we went. Um, but the first thing, it's a good place to start. The first thing you see when you're driving up to the park, it dominates the skyline, Steel Dragon 2000. Still to this yes. day, the world's longest coaster. It opened up just before... Um, Millennium Force at Cedar Point. And when it opened, it, you know, was the tallest, the longest. I think it was the fastest as well. It's just a beast of a giga coaster. But because mm. of Japan and its um, earthquakes, it has the support structure of almost a wooden coaster. But it's almost yeah. 100 meters tall. <laughs> it is one of those things that you see... As you're driving up, like 10 minutes away, you can see on the horizon, still Dragon 2000, and you're just like, oh, that's tall. <laughs> like, if you've seen drop towers at certain parks, like, think of you know, your Kingda cars and all of that, where it's like, you see it in the distance, but you can sort of see the top hat, or mm. you can see, like, the Dreamworld tower else, and things yeah. like that. This is like, imagine seeing an entire roller coaster- that is as high as those towers. Yeah. Like, 100 metres is unfathomably high. And even when you're on it, you sort of, like, you, you just you can't gauge how yeah. tall that is. And the, the big difference between this and if you look at a lot of the other Giga Coasters around the world is this uses a very traditional lift hill, so much so that there's actually two chains required to lift this up it changes lift chain halfway through the lift hill because Mm. it's that long if you look at you know something like millennium force it's using a cable lift hill system with a catch car to get you up the top really quick nagashima spa land still dragon 2000 90 second lift hill 90 seconds absolutely packing it in I will say it was this weird combination of being like, oh, my gosh, what are we getting into? And then looking over the sides and being like, oh, that's a nice view. I think this is where (laughs) we saw the water. 
Like, this is probably the time I kind of remember seeing the water. And it may have been because I was on the left seat and you were on the right seat. Yeah. So, I was sort of looking towards land, whereas you were looking towards water. At this stage as well, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but we had ridden Acrobat beforehand and I got really sick. Like, our day at Nagashima Spa Land- no, it, it was definitely we did because acrobat we're gonna and then Steel it, Dragon. Though. We were going to re-ride Steel Dragon, and that's when you tapped out after it. The way I remember it was that we went and did we went past Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon was closed. We then went to Acrobat because it's sort of you have to walk past Steel Dragon to get to Acrobat. Then we rode Acrobat. I felt really sick. And then you notice people walking into Steel Dragon. You're like, we have to go. A line starting to form. And I I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> we'll call it a little nap, shall we? Oh, outside the, the benches outside Acrobat where you literally walked, you know, outside the exit and just plonked down. <laughs> I thought you were going to die. Like, this is it. I'm going to have to... F- you know, figure out a Look, way to get him home to Australia because two times I've seen I, you like I that. I did consider it. <laughs> fly uh, Acrobat, which the weird thing is you did the day earlier, you did Flying Dragon, uh, sorry, Flying Dinosaur at Universal mm. Studios Japan, which is way more intense than Acrobat. And you were like, oh, that was pretty intense. That was pretty full on. But you were kind of fine. You didn't need a break or anything. But then we went on Acrobat the next day. And I think it was just a mix of it was a disgustingly hot day. It was like 1 p.m. in the afternoon. You got on it. So if you don't know, Acrobat is a flying coaster. It's exactly the same. It's an identical layout to Manta at SeaWorld Orlando. Your girlfriend. My girlfriend. She's still zooming around the room while I record this. <laughs> From the last episode, <laughs> yeah. was it? Oh, We're like, Manta's my, my girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so it's nowhere near as intense as Flying Dinosaur, but it just did not agree with your body that day. You walked off and laid on a bench for no joke about 20 minutes. You had like, I remember you had this little giddy smile and then there's me and you have to like walk down the stairs off Acrobat. Mm -hmm. And I remember grabbing my stuff and it sort of (laughs) imagined me just completely pale white with my mouth sort of like drooped open and I'm like trying to breathe. (laughs) And then I just find a bench and I'm like, I need to lie down. Mm -hmm. And then I just lie down. And you're like, you're walking around looking at the attraction. Meanwhile, (laughs) there's probably security looking at the security camera going, "Uh, guys, we have a white boy who's down. (laughs) White boy is dead dead, uh, over (laughs) at Acrobat. (laughs) it, It was not a fun experience. And then I... The reason why I'm fairly certain, like 90% certain that we did Acrobat first is because I'm still angry at flying coasters for making me feel sick on (laughs) Steel Dragon because I got halfway through Steel Dragon and I'm like, oh, Acrobat's back. It's back for round two. (laughs) And I remember being like, it was around sort of like the helixes and the weird sort of, they're like such a long ride, but they're like sideways loops. It's like, and I was just like, oh, I'm done. (laughs) Which is halfway through the ride. It goes through like all these like helixes, helix, 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 Mm. all in the back half of the like massively banked. And then it comes back and it just on the way back is like airtime hill, airtime hill, airtime hill. Which if you already feel sick, we'll be like, it goes through a tunnel. Oh, yeah. That is like a metal tunnel, which on a hot day <laughs> in a humid area <laughs> a feels like you're just being smacked in the face <laughs> with a pillow full of steam. <laughs> which is, Dom's not giving it a good review, but I really like Steel Dragon 2000. It was my first Giga Coaster. I would say that, you know, Millennium Force is a better ride, but Steel Dragon still holds it in my heart. The first look Giga I ever I- went on. You're the only Giga you've ever been on. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it a lot more if Acrobat was not certain on ensuring that I ascended <laughs> from the mortal day. plane. Because I remember you were <laughs> sitting at one point. You were like, if you want to ride Steel Dragon again, go ahead. But I'm not coming. 
We we should mention as well, it's like to get to these attractions. So all of these like Steel Dragon and Acrobat are all smooshed in mm. what I would call like the southern part of the park. Yeah. I think it's northern actually. Which is weird because it's kind of map. outside the park almost. Yeah. Like the way it is, Whereas, you go through the main gate and then you like loop back around and walk further out than you were when you entered the park, mm. like into what must have been a car park originally. And for us to get there took us a while because you have to go past so many attractions. Like, we did a a fair few rides to get there. Like, especially Peter Rabbit's Shuttle Loop, which I think was the first attraction we did of the day. Yeah, which, as we we said earlier, everything was a walk-on. So, you just kind of were like, oh, an attraction. Guess we'll do it. Oh, an Mm. attraction. Like, as we came across it. As Don was saying, the number one ride in the park a Peter Rabbit shuttle loop, which I just downloaded the m- most recent map, and now it's just called Shuttle Loop, which is a shame. Very disappointing. Because originally, when we were there, this was <laughs> legitimately a thrill ride themed to the Peter Rabbit children's book. Yeah, it was... Uh- it was a bit odd. Uh, I will also point out that the map for Nagashima Smiland uses Comic Sans, um, which Yay. I've just noticed and is really <laughs> throwing me off. But this, as you were saying before, this park is just so wishy-washy. Like you've got these incredible, every gigantic, I swear, next-generation rides. And then you've got a shuttle loop from the 60s that looks like it's being put together with, you know, duct tape and a dream. It's a Schwarzkopf. <laughs> if you've done a Schwarzkopf shuttle loop, that's exactly what it is. They've got a, is it- a speedy old launch. Then you do a loop, back the loop again. There you go. Like, is it's it a bit of a nothing like- ride, a shuttle loop. But, you know, in the 1970s and 80s when these were big... It was probably really exciting, but Mm. when especially this park has done so much more modern stuff, they do have this weird mix of ultra modern, like they've currently now got, you know, the the world's longest roller coaster. They've just introduced an RMC. They've got a flying coaster. They've got a 4D coaster and they've got, you know, a 1980s uh, Schwarzkopf looper. Yeah, it's well. Should so we it's good go to have through? Them all. It's good to still have yeah. them. They've they've got so many classics. But we'll have a rate. Let's just chat about what we think is important. We'll go down the numbers that we have it here, even though it's kind of a bit all over the park. Number one, yeah. which is now no longer with us. May it rest in peace, or may it burn in hell, because it was a terrible ride, in my opinion. What? Ginormous wooden roller coaster, white cyclone. The roughest ride I have probably been on in my life. <laughs> See, I actually really enjoyed this. I've, I've barely done wooden roller coasters. Rattler. So for me, it was a novelty. Mm. I guess for someone like yourself who has done lots of roller coasting, it's like, oh, oh my head <laughs> is a little bit, oh, it's moving around a little bit or oh, too rough you know for me. You what I think me. it might be? <laughs> <laughs> the Chunder Man who met us at the exit of the ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably so we, my, my memory is hazy of whether it's a good or bad ride because maybe I was living vicariously through the Chunder Man. Yeah, he threw up basically on us yep. as we were like walking <laughs> off the ride. This is, it's the first time I've ever experienced like a. Japanese person being impolite. Um, I know that sounds weird, but from personal experiences, yeah. they're, they're usually fairly polite and accommodating. Yeah, um, yeah. And as I came off White Cyclone with yourself, we were walking down the ramp to get down. You like have to go through a couple of yeah. zigzaggy it's ramps. Switch back and then, ramps. They like back onto each other. Mm, and above us, like one ramp up. A guy who had just gotten off White Cyclone just chunders all <laughs> over the walkway, the like ramps. next to us. Yeah, and I just remember, like, it, we didn't get any on us, thankfully. Yeah, but it was like inches away, 
from yeah. just con- I, entirely saturated. I remember the Chunder Man better than White Cyclone. I don't know what that says, but that's the image that's burnt into my brain. Apparently, the Hakugai, which is the RMC conversion it's recently had, is spectacular, though. So we'll mm. have to go back uh, to get on that, as well as all the stuff that was closed uh, the day we were there. But yeah, it was just a classic, big, old school wooden roller coaster. But it had yeah. been sitting on the water for like 30 years. So, you know, it was a little worse for wear, I guess we could say. Something I'll quickly point out as well, because I don't think we've mentioned this, but Nagashima Spa Land actually has two ways in which you can enter. So you can actually enter this park for a very minimum fee and just not ride anything. Mm. So you can do either a pay-as-you-go or you can just get sort of like a A a day pass, which allows you onto everything. So similar to what Luna Park does in Sydney. And we had the... Was access a, all areas yeah. sort of was pass it a wristband sort of, sort of thing i think that you showed yeah it was yeah. just like they gave you a wristband and then you you were good to go or it was like a little lanyardy yeah. thing and i don't re- like this park i don't remember being that expensive to get i'm maybe like you know 50 60 60 dollars but it like was one ride cheap. on Steel Dragon is 1500 yen which is 15 US mm. dollars so you do a couple of rides you It'd be silly not to get the wristband, like, that's inclusive. Yeah. I guess it's when you go. Like, if you're going at a really busy yeah. time and it's like, well, I yeah, just want to do Steel Dragon, then you can save too. yourself. You know, if you're- Oh, yeah, there's- The grandparents are like, coming with you and they don't, they just want to ride a couple of things with the kids. Awesome. They can just pay, you know, 20 bucks worth of tickets instead of having to buy the $60 day ticket. Hmm. There's also like 32 kids rides yeah. and attractions. Which like we'll get to the kids stuff because there's a lot, including some themed lands. Uh, but speaking, we'll, we'll touch a few more on some of the thrill rides. Arashi was brand new when we were there, but was closed. Strangely, though, it yeah. had opened. And then they closed it back down to put nets on it, if I remember. Yeah. So I think that may have been a requirement more exciting from the like, manufacturer. Oh, it's opening, you know, a month before we get there. And then when we were there, yeah, it was closed, but we could see them putting like nets to catch stuff in case guests dropped anything. For those that don't know, Arashi is one of those <laughs> attractions. It's like a roller coaster, but imagine it moves more horizontally. Yeah, it's an, so it's an SNS does. 4D free spin is the technical name. So you essentially sit hmm. on the side of the track and the track's almost built vertically and it just kind of drops you a little, goes down some bumps, drops you a little, goes down some bumps. Uh, a lot of the Six Flags parks in the US are putting them in as like the Joker 4D coaster, the Batman yeah. 4D coaster. The it's, thing it's one of those. The- they remind me of is you know when you go to like the doctor's clinic and there's the little like kid toy where you put the the little balls like the wooden balls along the oh, tube. yeah there's the ball snake thing and you push yeah, it it's around it's like that you push yeah, it around yeah, it's that's, a good... that's basically what a rush is um <laughs> doesn't that you make also you have it? <laughs> yes we have to Hell go back yeah. to do the ball snake ride sadly that was closed the day we were there yeah, but what wasn't close was Starflyer, which we did a poo because it was scary. <laughs> yeah, so we've got some history with Starflyers. We're not the biggest Starflyer boys because the first one we ever went on together was at um, the Royal Easter Show here in Australia. And oh, that man, one played it its way around and I legitimately am surprised we're still here to tell the tale so when we go on this one that, you know, is about 60 metres tall, it just ends with us frozen. Every time we've been on one, we just end up frozen, holding on, praying, essentially. <laughs> if the one, uh, let's say if Peter Rabbit's shuttle loop is put together with duct tape and a dream, <laughs> the star flyer at the Royal Easter show oh, is God. put together with toothpicks and a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty it's, much. It was horrifying. But we survived to tell the just, tale. We survived to yeah. tell the tale. 
Uh, gives we you another there. good view. There is a lot of rides in this park that will give you a good view. Some more thrilling mm. than others. This is one of the more thrilling views. Uh, another more thrilling view. And weirdly, was the last ride we did of the day was the space shot. Um, yeah. But this is a I think big we were boy working space up to this. shot. It's like 75 meters high. It's There's also three of them. Yeah. Like, it's one of those ones one. where... Yeah. It's, you know, like the Malibuma. Yeah. And it's exactly Tokyo, like the Malibu. Not what? Tokyo. <laughs> Disney's <laughs> California Adventure. Tokyo California Adventure. <laughs> the newest addition to the Tokyo Disney Resort lineup. No, it's like you, if you've got a triangle. Imagine like the Triforce. Yep. And each part of the Triforce is a different star shot. Yep. Space shot. Yeah. They're fun. I don't know if this one runs, some of them I've seen around the world will run some that go like from the ground and blast you up. And then I've seen Mm. others that slowly take you to the top and blast you down. Only one side was operating the day we were there and it was the blast you up one, which is the one I prefer anyway. Uh, But this is a really tall one. It's like a 75 meter space shot. Uh, So it's bigger than a lot of the other ones I've done before, but they're still fun. A lot of people are like, eh, but I find them enjoyable. Yeah, I, I think they're neat, especially when you can get a good view. Like, I much prefer space shots over just, like, your giant drop sort of rides yeah. where it just, like, takes you up for a minute and a half and then drops you yeah. at terminal velocity. Space <laughs> shots, in my opinion, they're like a a fun little one-trick pony. You get a 30-second experience and then you're like, neat, that was fun, on to the next thing. Yeah. Exactly. Which the the next thing being on here, Lupin Star, which if you've played Roller Coaster Tycoon, <laughs> it's basically a looping coaster. What is lo- I don't remember the- Looping Star, but I oh no, I do. We wrote it. Yeah. But that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll just say there's nothing to write home about. Like yeah, it's just a Schwarzkopf looping star. It's literally a Schwarzkopf <laughs> looping star called Looping Star. <laughs> Almost all of them are called things like yeah. this. Like the space shot is called space mm-hmm. shot. The giant frisbee is called giant frisbee. <laughs> like they just go to the manufacturer. What's this called? Oh, this is uh, called do. the. Yeah, <laughs> that's <a> wonderful <laughs> name. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a few things that we didn't do. We sent. We didn't do a ton of flat rides when we went to this park. We kind of just did mm. the big coasters that we wanted to do that were open a couple of choice flat rides and a couple of the more family rides but we didn't we weren't going there i don't think you would legitimately be able to do every single thing in a day because there's like 60 attractions in this park even if oh even the day we went when everything was a walk-on not everything was open so the only days they're going to have 60 attractions open are going to be really busy so I, did, it's, I doubt it would ever be possible to do everything in a day. The other thing as well is this park has some really interesting additions. Like number six, giant frisbee. Ah, it's a giant frisbee. <laughs> then number 11, frisbee. It's not a giant frisbee. It's a, it's a smaller frisbee. It's a normal <laughs> size frisbee. Oh, Don't the giant talk frisbee. to me or my son ever <laughs> again. Much. Isn't there a pirate ship? On top of a building next to a smaller pirate ship that's, like, connected to the same structure? Yes. So, number 14 in the thrill rides is called Jumbo Viking. And then number 14 in the kids rides, which is right next door, is just called Viking. Yeah. (laughs) Which is literally a bigger version of the same ride compared to a smaller version of the same ride. It does mean that it's like if one of them's down, yeah, that you get to experience it. Like, oh no, giant frisbee is down. At least I can do. And now frisbee. I can only ride frisbee instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's very straight. It also seems like this park has like never gotten rid of a ride they've bought. Oh They're no! Like I'm getting they the run most it. out of it. I'm gonna have they it. They bring in fifty years. The 95-year-old man from bloody wherever manufacturer in Europe. And <laughs> they're like, excuse me. Anton Schwarzkopf can you- coming over still. They have. a ghost now, but. 
<laughs> Ooh, it's the ghost of Schwarzkopf. He's coming Arts. to look after our Peter Rabbit shuttle loop. <laughs> Poor guy. What? <laughs> was it actually just a man? I can't imagine that there was just one is named man after Anton Schwarzkopf. He's the guy who, the like, office. the same way that Mac is like named after Roland Mac and the Mac family. What? Oh, I Mac didn't know Rides, that. that's the family surname, Mac. Oh. And Schwarzkopf Rides, that's the family surname, Schwarzkopf. Do they also make crystals? Or am I thinking of a different that's brand? <laughs> different oh. guy. <laughs> Do you reckon they're competing? Like Schwarzkopf and Schwarzkopf. families are instantly at war with each other, even if they do completely different things. <laughs> You just pop out of the womb and it's like, get into battle, son. We've got a fight to win. It's completely unrelated to our businesses. We just hate each other because we have similar names and it confuses the neighbours. Oh, yeah. Because they're sitting in their mansion estate right next to each other. They're on top of like a bunch of old roller coasters. The other has a house fully just made out of crystals. They're just shaking their fists at each other. I'll get them one day. (laughs) I think two things we have to talk about that unfortunately were closed the day we went and two were two of the big reasons I actually wanted to go to this park, which was a huge shame. Mm. They've got two what I would call absolute classic rides that you can't really find anywhere else in the world. First mm. is uh, an Ultra Twister. So these are the Togo kind of, they're really weird. The track, you like sit between two tracks so it can like spin you on a coaster. Like the coaster track spins and yeah, it gives you like, like the inside rolls the track. The ride. Yeah. But there's not many of them left anymore in the world. Uh, and this is one of the the few that still operate. And I think, you know, there might only be maybe two in the world or something like that. Unfortunately, it mm. was closed. It's, it's down near Steel Dragon. So it's not sure why it was closed, but that was a shame. And the other one, which is almost a bigger shame, is they still have a first generation Interman Freefall ride. Mm-hmm. These this like was like when the inspiration know. for the Tower of Terror. Yeah. So this is when they didn't know how, like, a drop ride, a drop tower, but they didn't know how to break them. So it just kind of slides at the bottom up a slight mm. incline until it slows down. Like, the break is gravity rather than magnets or stuff that we use on drop towers today. And apparently they're intense. Yeah. They're also apparently, um, they're like closer to a roller coaster Mm. than they are just like a regular flat ride because it's essentially like they couldn't stop people using the brake pads just coming down. If it was back in these days when they didn't have the technology, your train or whatever, the carriage would just fly straight into the ground. So <laughs> what they were like, they're like, oh, Interman, we have experience with brake runs on our roller coasters. Mm. Let's just make this fall vertically and then it turns yeah. to go horizontally and then it hits a brake run. Yeah. And because like they know how to make- Laying down yeah. when you hit the brake run. And from what I've heard, a lot of people think that- uh, uh, the. Bush Gardens Tampa's drop tower, Falcon's Fury, mm. where you're facing the ground. A lot of people say that feels more like a roller coaster because when you hit the bottom, you swing out and they're like, yeah. it feels like, you know, the part of a drop on a roller coaster where you hit the bottom and swing out. And this is pretty much literally that. When you hit the yeah. bottom of the drop, you l- lay down on your back like a slippery dip, essentially. <laughs> Um, and it, it like has to shame. push you back around. Yeah. It's real weird. It was a, a huge shame that this ride was closed because this, I think, would have been a whole lot of fun. And they're just so rare nowadays mm. uh, in the world. Uh, we'll quickly, we'll race through the few other things that we, we did manage to do uh, for the thrill rides. We did the Wild Mouse, which is called the Double Wild Mouse because there's two identical roller coasters next to each other (laughs) of which only one was operating anyway so we only have one of those two credits 
It's a Wild Mouse Coaster, uh, Say No More. They've also got yeah. a corkscrew, which is just the... When you think of, you know, the first style of looping coaster, your classic arrow corkscrew, it's exactly that. Um, a real, you know, iconic of its time. It's good to still have one. I'm pretty sure we wrote it and I don't remember it being that rough, which is more than I can mm. say about the one I wrote at Cedar Point of the same ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's there's one last one we need to talk about. Shoot the Shoots, which is a Shoot the Shoots ride. And they give they gave us a free poncho. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all I remember that ride. Even though it was the middle of summer, like it was stinking hot that day, but we still wore our ponchos and lucky we did. I think we would still be wet to this day. <laughs> that's how wet people who didn't wear the poncho were walking off that ride. If I remember correctly as well, uh, Vomit Boy was with us on this. <laughs> the Chunder Man. Again, the Chunder Boy. <laughs> we also did a couple of other unique experiences, which I want to talk about, yeah. which aren't technically considered thrill rides. But in terms of everything that we've talked about so far, those are just the thrill rides. Just the thrill Including rides, yeah. Peter Rabbit's Shuttle Loop. Now, <laughs> in terms of sounds. what they call here, so they have three categories. Uh, it's Thrill and Speed. Enjoy and fantasy and kids town. Those are the three categories of rides. Yeah. It's well, thrill and speed makes sense. No idea what they're going for with enjoy and fantasy. <laughs> I think like, this is a classic translated <laughs> to English sort of. It should look, just say family <laughs> rides because these are all rides you can ride with your family. But no, it says enjoy. And fantasy. None of these are fantasy rides. These are just flat rides mostly, apart from like two <laughs> unique ones. Well, one of the uh, attractions which I did enjoy, so it's spot on with the name, was number three on there, which is called Bobcart. Mm. And Bobcart is pretty much, like, it's a bobsled, like it's a toboggan type ride in the middle of Nagashima Spa Land. I've never done anything like this because yes. it so was... It was like a flat toboggan, and I remember g it gaining some, like, s mad speeds. Yeah, so they're powered. They've got, like, a power rail, so it's not like That's a normal right. toboggan where you're requiring gravity and a lift hill. You can mm. push down these kind of brakes slash accelerators on either side, and it will pick up some speed and a half if you let it, because, it yeah, it's powered by, like, this big coiled kind of snake that hangs out the back and attaches to a track that runs parallel to the, like, the chute that you're in. And it was a it's lot like of... I think we did this a couple of times. Yeah. Because at first you're, like, really timid. Mm. And then by the end, if you go through and don't put on the brakes, yeah, you soar. Yeah. <laughs> like, push it down as far as it can go. You're not going to come off. I think it's some of the more intense sections. It's designed to, like not to let you go too fast because you probably it automatically would breaks fall like legit you'd probably flip if it let you go at the full speed but it was very fun there are a couple other attractions within uh, enjoying fantasy which on there we've got the giant wheel aurora which yeah, is their and big this is not you know you know how some places are like um oh, we've got a giant ferris wheel Oh, no. Yeah. This is a ginormous Ferris wheel. I think it was over 80 metres tall at its height. That's it's wild. It's a big boy. Yeah. It's like when, when you see giant wheel Aurora walking down the hallway, you're like, oh, Lord, he coming. I'm getting out of the way. He's a big boy. <laughs> if you saw giant wheel Aurora in a back alley in New York <laughs> City, you'd be like, well, I'm not going down that alley. Giant wheel Aurora might do a stab on me. And the weird thing about giant wheel Aurora is he wears a clock around his neck. There's a ginormous clock that just sits in the middle of the Ferris wheel that you can see from almost anywhere in the park for some reason. Like it's just a big old digital clock. There is also a coaster here uh, in the Enjoy and Fantasy. I almost forgot that mm. catchy, the catchy name there. It's just called Jet Coaster. 
And if I remember, it's got one of the weirdest layouts of all time. It was kind of like that brown coaster that kind of went through the woods, but it would have like really long straight sections for no reason. It was just weird if I remember. I don't... I I do vaguely remember this, and yeah. I don't know why it's called Jet Coaster. <laughs> because, because it's, it's like a mine train. The model type. Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> a mine train coaster, but I don't think it was made by, you know, Interman or someone like that. It just had some Friggin- weird old elements. Do you think they just go to the manufacturer and they're like, what would you call this in English? Mm. They're like, uh... Frisbee? Yeah, yeah that okay. works. Thanks. <laughs> Saves are. us doing yeah. any. Exactly. They also have- This is- Yeah. <laughs> so, it's also the theme park that we had to decipher what we wanted to eat. Oh, Because they yeah. just have the a booth. <laughs> we, like, went it, it, to the one place that was open. Yep. And I, this I was like a- Let me see if I can find it on the map. Um, I kind of remember where it was. Was it- Oh, it no. was a, I think, park restaurant. Park restaurant. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was. Yeah, it might have been park restaurant. What a catchy little name. Because remember they had like a buffeteria building next oh, no, to it no, that was sorry. closed? It was very close. Um, it was L, hamburger shop. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate name. <laughs> well, it's it sold hamburgers. Oh, but it sold more than just hamburger. What did we get for lunch that day? Ah, you could get um, potato <laughs> with a bean. You could get nugget. Uh, you could get nugget. Just nugget. Potato nugget. I wanted both together. What would I order? Oh, of course, <laughs> potato nugget, which we deciphered <laughs> meant nugget and chicken nuggets and chips. No, no, I, no. I remember potato us nugget. Looking <laughs> at this immensely poorly translated board. And just being like, be like, well, what's the safest we thing to- we can get? Because <laughs> it was a, just no, it wasn't a, a board. <laughs> it was a vending machine. So it was the mm. traditional Japanese style of restaurant where you get your ticket for what you've ordered from your vent from a vending machine, so they don't need a cashier. And then you take that ticket to the restaurant, and they make it. So there's us trying to decipher, you know, <laughs> what's not gonna give us something bizarre. I think one of us got. No, I think we both just went with burger and potato or something it was called, which was burger and fries. It was safe. It tasted all right. It was theme park food at the end of the day. We survived. We're here to tell the tale. I also remember getting a really good um, shaved ice. Mm. That's what that, I remember yeah. that more than the nugget, potato, burger, whatever <laughs> we ended up eating. Uh, that's I probably vaguely, one of the, the biggest, you know, language uh-ohs of our entire trip. Yeah, because if you if you got it wrong, mate, you're God just getting a steamed get. potato <laughs> in the shape of a I, nugget. In terms of kids' rides, like we won't admit that we did kid rides. I think we, we got did, like, bored a couple of them. <laughs> we did. There was like a um. Almost like a monorail, I want to call it. Do you remember yeah. that? That's and I remember vaguely doing I... the kids' log flume. Oh, uh, yeah, that would probably be something we would do. <laughs> and also number nine on the list, Daxon. There's just a ride called, called Daxon, Luke. Daxon. What is it? A dog? <laughs> I can't figure out what it is. It's right I... below Jumbo Viking. Huh. That... I. We spent a lot of time in kind of the bottom left of the park, if you look at the map, and because all the kids' stuff is up in the top right. I only remember mm. literally kind of walking around that for half a second to do, you know. I think we might have done, there was a credit there. There was this, yeah, monorail-type ride that we were talking about where it took you around, number like, kind of the entirety of the kids' section and then back towards the front of the park, I want to say. Yeah, Peter like Rabbit? sort of wrapped around the little foresty part within mm. the very centre of the park. It just gave you like a nice little bird's eye view of everything, even though we had already done Giant Wheel Aurora and <laughs> we still it picked us up and shook our money and <laughs> gave us a pat on the bum. 
which intimidated <laughs> us. <laughs> I tried it. I th- it must be the ride called Peter Rabbit Skyliner. Yeah, number 23? That seems to be the- No, that's go-kart. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Rabbit Skyliner is 25. Yeah, that looks about right. Yeah. Yeah, So, it was like a suspended monorail. There's a video of us on it. That's the only reason I remember it. I think it shows up in our 100th anniversary video. The grossest beards. (laughs) Don't watch it. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're hideous. We're sweaty. (laughs) <laughs> We're f- very fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't our finest hour, though we did have a lot of fun. And because of that trip, if we didn't go to Nagashima Spiland, we wouldn't be here today. And not because mm. that's where our parents met or anything, but that's where Review Time <laughs> met, was born, was birthed, was... But we better not... <laughs> Talk about it, Luke, because do you remember, we did talk about this in the 100th, the 100th episode, episode of Review Time, and, like and then someone left hour. a comment. Mm. This was like a sentimental uh, video Uh-oh. for us. We made it, which was like, oh, let's talk about uh, Nagashima Spa Land, and we'll talk about how you know we made Review Time and why we made it. And the reason why we made it was it was really difficult to get to Nagashima Spa Land. So, it, let's make a resource yeah. in which people can learn more about theme parks and become better travelers and just generally get better at going mm. on theme park trips. And then someone, like, we also <laughs> talked about how much theme parks changed our lives and how we just wanted to thank everyone. In classic YouTube comment <laughs> way, someone decides to leave a comment that says, this is not what I have subscribed for, unsubscribed. unsubscribed. Yep. Never forget that guy. What an idiot. <laughs> Ooh, I was just blown away. in my YouTube video. Ugh. Gross. Excuse me. Can you please stick to the content that I specifically <laughs> subscribed for? Which is weird. Because Stop we've making this had your own. An eclectic channel that's more about just the general umbrella of theme parks yeah. than any other channel, really. Like, if you think of most of the bigger channels, like a Defunct Land or a Yesta World or even, you know, even like a Tim Tracker, they've all got kind of their niche, whether it be vlogs, whether it be history. We've kind of tried a bit of everything in the in the umbrella, Where? but that the was too for far. all things theme parks. Exactly. <laughs> Except if it's a story about how you guys started the channel, that's not what I want to see on the personal home for all stories. Theme parks. Uh, we haven't touched on kids' rides much, but there is literally thirty-two of them, of yeah. which we probably rode about three. If your kids like kids' rides. There is so much for them to do here. And I would honestly say this is one of the best parks in the world for its amazing split of thrill and kids' rides. Mm. Like, and it's got an attraction mm. called Farm de Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Number 29. Ooh, Farm baby. de Bang Bang. Farm. No, sorry, Dom. You're not reading it out correctly. It's Farm Da bang bang. For some reason, <laughs> Farm point and out? Bang Bang are in capitals, but the D E, the D, is not. You also have to be three and over and 115 centimeters or taller. What <gasps> three year old <laughs> is over a meter tall? A three-year-old walks up to Bloody Farm to Bang Bang. He's got he's smoking a cigarette. Holding a schooner of beer in his other hand because he can apparently pass off as an 18 year old, but he wants to ride just- farm to bang bang. He's just walked out from the back Hello. alley where Giant Wheel Aurora was. Giant Wheel Aurora is there, like, huddled in the corner crying <laughs> please, whilst please. this three-year-old metre-tall baby is walking away. Oh, he had a lot of I fun think on it's a farm to bang bang. I think it's meant to be like ages three and over and an adult that's 115 yeah. centimeters. I'm not sure what it but is because just- if we look, it's at number 32, which when we were there was a Pokemon walkthrough, which mm. we didn't do because it was completely in Japanese. And even when we walked into the building, they looked petrified that we might somehow stumble <laughs> into the attraction. <laughs> we're like, oh no, please not like this. 
Uh, there's also we, a haunted um, house that we didn't do because it was closed, but I've seen a video of it and it looks wild. So it's a shame that we didn't get to do it. Yeah, it's interesting because we gave this park a pretty low score for like entertainment and experiences. I would like to go back and sort of fairly assess that yeah. because I'm sure that there is some stuff that we can find that would not get it a zero. Yeah. Which and is why that video was so short in the yeah. first place. Was zero, because I think we literally, gave two or three zeros. <laughs> yeah. And we just didn't talk about it. We're like, oh, well, yeah. this has nothing. Moving on. Yeah, which I think one of the other things was entertainment, which, yeah, this park doesn't have entertainment when we were there, but this park had half of the rides closed. I can't imagine if you came in, you know, when it's busy, there would be some form of, you know, whether it just be bands or that sort of stuff, because there was a few mm. spaces what looked like stages, but they were just not in use the day we were there. Um, yeah. Other thing we haven't talked about because we didn't go Connected to this park is also a water park, full-size water park, um, and a full-size outlet mall, <laughs> randomly. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like... It's a resort, almost. It's, it's Yeah, so it's very similar to the Tokyo Disney Resort mm. in the sense that, you know, you've got your hotels, you've got your theme park... Tokyo Disney doesn't have a water park, but it does have a water-based theme park, mm. whereas Nagashima Spyland does have a full-on water park, and it looks to be like a really good water park. Yeah. Though there's also the massive water slide tower that has like 20 slides attached to it. <laughs> yeah. But I believe that what came first was sort of the water parky stuff, because it was like, it was meant to be like yeah. a, like a, a spa like resort sort of thing. stuff as well. Yeah. Like- Connect it. It's it's a lot. You could easily spend, you know, just a couple of days around here. You could easily spend more than one day just in the park, especially if it was busy. Mm. Uh, which we didn't. And I remember we, we didn't have the time, but you know, if you had the yeah. chance, heaps to do. We also went over to the outlet mall. I think because there was a Starbucks and there was a nice view of Steel Dragon. Yeah, I think we waited on a bus as well because the buses are only yeah. at certain times of the day are quite. Not well. I don't know how to. Not quite. Not often is what I wanted to say, which is not <laughs> grammatically correct. Uh, but quite they're infrequent. Not there we go. Infrequent. There we go. At certain times of the day, so we kind of left the park with enough time to spare, and then we're like, "All right, we got twenty minutes to kill. We'll just go have a quick wander around, grab a coffee, or whatever." We ended up doing. But yeah, we didn't. We probably only spent about five hours in this park, and we did everything we wanted to. We left a bit early. It was ridiculously hot. We'd done everything we wanted to do. We wanted to get back to our next hotel because we had to check in and stuff like that. But those five hours, we did so much. As we were saying, Steel Dragon at like 20, 30 minutes was the only wait of the day. I've had it before and I had it a little bit here. The park was almost so quiet that we made ourselves sick by going on yeah. too many rides in too short of a period. Where it would have been better if we had just sort of taken it slow. But it's yeah. one of those things that when you're at a park like this and it is so quiet, you just do everything, even if you don't really want to. Yeah. And it's a very, like, these style of parks, you know, when you go to a Disneyland, you're probably going to go back to Disneyland sometime in your future. Sure, it might be mm. 10 years down the track, but you'll probably get back. A park like this, you legitimately go, I might never be back here. I need to do absolutely everything now that I can, because who knows what, you know, if I ever get back and if I do, whether this ride will still be around. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Well, I think we're nearing on yeah. the end of our discussion of Nagashima Spa Lane. Is there anything else that you want to discuss before we close uh, it off? I don't think so. I just, we just got to give a shout out to our boy, Peter Rabbit Shuttle Loop, our boy 100%. Farm to Bang Bang, and mm -hmm. our number one boy, Potato Nugget. Oh, 100% Potato <laughs> Nugget. Well, if you would like to uh, get into contact with us about this sort of uh, episode, we're trying yeah. some new things where we're essentially just now talking about our experiences in parks because yeah. it's a little bit easier for us and it's very busy this time At of year. Moment. Yeah. So thanks to Chris as well from Philadelphia. Uh, Fataluba, I think, is his handle. 
He sent us an mm-hmm. email with this suggestion to talk some more about the Japanese theme parks that we'd attended that weren't, you know, the big ones. We'll talk about Universal Japan one day down the line. So if you have any, you know, requests that you would like us to do, thumbs up for this style of video, thumbs down, let us know your honest opinion. You can get in touch um, with me at Review Time Luke. You can get in touch with me at Review Time Dom. It's your episode. I'm the host. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> said that. I was like, you stole my- uh-oh. You- <laughs> when you start saying, I'm like, oh, okay. There we go. Luke's uh, <laughs> signing us off. Um, you can find us both at Time Review. And you can also reach us on our emails. I'm Dom at ReviewTime.com. And Luke is Luke at ReviewTime.com. Very That's hard us. to figure out, but you can track <laughs> us down. We also have our new store. Definitely go and check it out. It's yeah. AmusementTrading.co where you can get some amazing... Uh, there, there is some actual Japan featured stuff in there. It's yeah. Tokyo. It's Tokyo Disney yeah. Sea. But it's but still Japan. It exists. And it's close. Uh, <laughs> if you checked it out last week, there's actually more stuff already on the store. We've got a whole new Disney California Adventure collection, which has got some awesome stuff. So check it out. Uh, AmusementTrading.co Incredible. Incredible pitch there, Luke. All Thanks. right. That, that does it. For this week's episode, stay safe away from Giant Wheel Aurora. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Review Time's theme podcast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout-out goes to our newest patron, Will Geffen, long-term patron, CG Lemonade, and to you, the listener. Review Time's theme podcast will be back maybe next week if we aren't attacked by Giant Wheel Aurora.